Max dominates again in Montreal. Team principals gang up on Toto. El Plan almost works. And Mick just can't get a point. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing Podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Ruben, how are you doing today? What's going on, guys? Yancy? You didn't even answer my question. Yancy? Better. Okay. I'm doing well. Happy Monday. Yeah, happy Monday. Um, on today's episode, we'll talk about the Canadian Grand Prix, some news on porpoising, potential uh, resolutions. Uh, silly season looks like it may be getting lukewarm and uh that's it it's really about the race recap this week before we jump into it i want to make sure that i mention that uh, we are on social media at jump to start f1 on twitter and instagram make sure to follow us like subscribe our post comments reply make sure uh you know we're inter we are trying to interact with the fans at a higher level so uh make sure to drop by and say hello also, make sure to drop a review on your favorite podcast platform. A uh, couple stars, constructive criticism, always welcome. And bing. on that note, are you okay, Ruben? You said bing. Happy belated Father's Day, Ruben, by the way. Thank you. Thank, yes. you. thank you. Congratulations to Joseph graduating today, too. Congratulations, Joseph. I got, yeah. another, high, I got a high, another kid in high school now. One just went off of college, one in high school. Yes, he happy Zaddy's Day. What's up, baby? Same to you. Well, happy Zaddy Day, uh, let's jump into the news on that. <laughs> so, the FIA, what was it, Friday or Thursday before the race weekend, uh, said that they want to reach a resolution for the porpoising and they, they want to have a technical meeting to try and get to a, a point where the porpoising could be reduced such that we're not forcing drivers to both concentrate on racing and then also... Uh, the bouncing and Bounce. obviously as a side note the driver driver's health is an issue uh, apparently they had a team principals meeting over the weekend at the Montreal at the Canadian Grand Prix in which teams ganged up on Total Wolf Ooh. beat him up beat him up yeah about this whole porpoising issue yes I'm gonna ask you what do you think this whole ganging up on Total Wolf was about and what do you think of the of the FIA stepping in to intervene on the porpoising issue. Um, I understand the FIA's viewpoint because it is, I mean the 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 one of the sole one of the responsibilities of the FIA is to make sure that the drivers are safe. It's driver safety. So obviously, with so much bouncing, the the. These drivers are very close to the ground. They feel everything. And you can just see it on the onboard. It just must not be a comfortable feeling for them. So with all the you know, all the headlines and all the drivers commenting on it, obviously they're gonna have to find a solution to that. Fine. Um as far as the other team principals ganging up on Total Wolf, it seems to me that Mercedes is the team that has been pushing the most for some kind of a new technical regulation where you can limit the bouncing. Um, the main solution to the bouncing is upping the ride height so the car is a little bit higher off the ground. However, if you do that, you lose performance. And we all know and we can see that the Mercedes is, although it's quick, it's still not top of the pack. Uh, it's not at the pointy end of the grid. So, obviously, a lot of these teams, the other teams, have uh, put in a lot of their resources to limit the bouncing. And I'm pretty sure Mercedes has, but they're not asking for a technical uh, a new technical regu regulation because then it just changes everything. Um, so, I... You know, I get it from that viewpoint. It, it just seems like Mercedes is asking for a get-out-of-jail-free card. 
I agree. It's one of those things where it's just figure it out. Just figure it out. That's You're what, supposed to be the top, the top team who mm-hmm. has figured out prior engine regulations, prior aero regulations, prior chassis regulations to produce a seven-time world champion. Figure it out. And they've won the last eight. eight, eight, eight yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. My bad. Seven oh. times is Lewis. Uh, I, I actually can't argue what you said. They, they, the team should be able. You know, if I shouldn't do anything about it, no, bro, stop complaining. Go figure it out. Go back to the drawing. But, but remember, there's also a budget cap. So pretty much that's why they'll come back and say, "Hey, but my hands are tied. I can't spend money on this." Now, if you let me spend money on it, mm-hmm. you know. But isn't the point of having a formula where it? This is the point of F one. Yes. You get a formula. Yeah. If something works for you, it works for you. That everybody agrees. That hey, we yeah, we agree with yeah. this. Okay, fine, let's do so it. So why are we changing things all of a sudden? It's not you know, I, though. Like again, the only, the only argument that I would have is that yes, longer term for the driver, it is detriment to the health. That I get, com- I get completely. And if they have to limit it, that's fine. But. It seems like Mercedes, again, is asking for a get-out-of-jail-free card, where what happens is is that there's a new technical regulations. All of a sudden, this technical re- regulation pushes Mercedes back up to the top of the field, and everybody's down languishing in the midfield. So I think- and it just doesn't seem fair when all these other teams have spent so much money out of their budget cap just to solve this issue. And most most of the teams have got it you know, figured out for the most part. You got to remember that. From day one, the team that's been hurting the most for the purposing has been Mercedes. Right. Mm-hmm. But because of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, where everybody complained about it. Not only Mercedes, that was, oh, still, you know, right now at the front of the line, beating the door to, you know, to take it down. Now every other team is complaining. Renault was complaining. You know, Alpine was complaining. I'm sorry. AlphaTauri complained, you know, massively. Ferrari didn't, but they, was, they also mentioned the purposing. So now they're saying, oh, so we should. We have to step in now. It's not only one team suffering from this stuff. And it was actually in, you know, mainstream media talking about when I say mainstream media, mainstream F one media, like everybody was talking about how much all the teams struggle with this matter. Mm-hmm. So I think that's because it's it was so much energy behind it. If I say, Okay, so let's let's step in and see what we could do. Mm-hmm. And probably had a meeting with the team and saying, You guys really can't figure this out. Yeah. And you had obviously Mercedes with the big boys they have because they have Eight time we know control. No, we cannot do it. We need some help in this. No, Mercedes has a major influence, and it's looking like they want to use that influence on exactly. the paddock. And I think at some point, the rest of the teams are going to be like, "No, like figure it out." But just the same way they've done that before. But during Baku that weekend, everybody complained about. Yeah, but all year Pierre Gasly has been saying he needs uh, physical therapy. Same with George Russell. Same with. But Lewis it was like a, like a main focus last weekend. Yes. Not doing back that. It became like, like it really hit the spotlight. I mean, really, the issue is that um, it's, they just have a different car concept. They just they have to figure it out. Yeah. They yeah, just got to figure it out. At some point, you just got to figure it out. The Rebels bouncing, not as wild as everybody else, but it's very mildly that they're bouncing. So right. they have, you know. Like, uh, let's just take it back. The right. Rebel is bouncing so much that you could probably put it that it's the freaking road <laughs> that's how much it's bouncing let's, that you just, could... let's just take it back to when the new engine regulations came in with the hybrid engines in 2014 mm-hmm. the team that got it right was mercedes of course and mercedes got it so right that they've been dominant the past eight seasons and now we're talking about 2022 2021 2022 is when you see some kind of convergence on all these engines being just as quick as each other you didn't see Mercedes complaining back then. You didn't see the other teams, you know, c- complaining, oh, we need new technical regulations because Mercedes is way out in the field. No, they just let them win and everybody has to figure it out and they figure it out. This is F1. This is what it's, you know, this is what we got to do. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that I is also a dangerous, not dangerous, but it is a difficult road to go down as far as the engines because we saw like a secret agreement with Ferrari. So it's hard to, I don't know. It, I don't know. It's like they figured something out within the formula, but then it was like a closed door meeting to okay, you actually got to dial it back mm-hmm. instead of it being out in the open, yeah, not discussed with other teams. I I don't know. Uh, whatever. It's politics, yes, and there's never a clear cut answer, and it's frustrating for us fans was, was, because was, we don't, you know, we just there are things that we just we want to get but we don't get and. And it's 
it's not like other sports where like these are the rules, them's the rules, you gotta go by it. We all know that in F one, them's the rules, but you can bend it a little bit. It's a framework. It's, yeah, it's like yeah, it's a framework, it's not really set in stone. And and that's why they're uh, it's tough, right? Because it's what keeps us interested in F1 because of all the political drama that goes on behind the scenes. But it's also frustrating because we don't have a clear-cut answer on how to So, yeah. Like, I mean, that aspect, it's a double-edged I, sword. I even think I'm saying, like, when, when are we going to get over this? You know, like, for example, some kind of, yeah, I'm fighting on this politics, but I'm also, it's also very secretive. So, you know, yeah, like you said, it keeps us mm-hmm. interested, but when we can't get, when we hit, like, a, a dead end on the, and we don't, we're not clear. Because yeah, right now we're confused. Like, what the hell's exactly. Because everything's close, being closed by, you know, behind doors now. So we're like, okay, so are you guys yeah. going to make a decision on this? Are we going to be informed? Like, So is the fan going to matter at this point? I mean, we'll see this week. They said that they wanted to make, they wanted to have the, the discussion outside of the competitiveness of the, of a race weekend. So we're going to see now that they're out of the Canadian Grand Prix. And they're coming pretty much, most of the teams are coming home. Basically, yeah. Because <laughs> the right. next race is Great Britain. Yep, July first through third weekend. So now, um, moving on from that, we move on to a little bit of silly season talk. Omar Safnauer, who's now at Alpine, remember, he's he backs Piastri, Oscar Piastri, to be on the grid in twenty twenty three, but there's no spots. Of course he does. Of course, right? Yeah. There's, he wants a trading chip, right? Mm-hmm. He wants a draft pick. Um, Alonzo has been turning on. We saw this weekend he's been doing really well. And um, Esteban Ocon is signed, I believe, through 2025, if I'm not mistaken. For a very long time. Very, very, very long so. time. So beyond that, yeah. Beyond that, then, there's a potential, and there's been rumors, and where there's smoke, there's fire. I, it's more than just smoke. Uh, that uh, Piastri could be driving for Williams next year, taking Nicholas Latifi's seat, leaving He's Nick DeVries. All kind of signed until the end of 2024. Okay. What do you guys think? Is is there room? Is there room for Piastri in F1? And then, if there is, whose seat does he take? Does he go to Williams? Well, whose seat in Williams does he take? And is it like a done deal? I think it's a done because Williams is looking into getting out of the Mercedes engine. So they're going to have Renault engine. So that's why they're going to bring this oh, kid. I never thought of that. That's interesting. That's what's coming. Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah, you're right. That was the other part of the rumor. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I got my sources. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben's got his sources. Ruben's got his sources deep underground. <laughs> never mind. Pay attention. Okay. Never mind. Just some behind the scenes here. Um, okay, so like a cat, corner him into yeah. <laughs> force him to do something. It won't do it. Okay. Um, Piastri deserves to be on the grid. Should be on the grid. Why? Every category that he's raced in, he's won first year out. Similar to George Russell. Similar to Charles Leclerc. First season in F3, F3 champion. First season in F2, F2 champion. Both of them got to drive after they won the F2 championship. He deserves to be on the grid. This is the frustrating part about pay drivers. Because right now you have two drivers on the grid that we know. Both happen to be Canadian. Who do we? I I think the overall consensus, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I think we could all agree that they don't belong on the grid. Talking about Lance Stroll and... Nicholas Latifi. Lance we know why he has his seat. His father owns the team. Latifi, on the other hand, has been driving horribly, has been getting beaten like a drum by both George Russell and Alex Albon this year. <laughs> um, yeah. Give Piaschi that seat. I'm pretty sure he'll do better. He deserves a drive. That's the whole point of having lower category. Right. So then, the, the, I mean, that really the issue. And then is, what's not fair is that he wins a championship. He can't race on F two anymore. Yeah, that which is weird. But yeah. I, they got to change that. But then, what do you do with Nick DeVries? 
the actual Williams driver. Well, that's but and then that's the other thing. But I, he's a Williams he's a reserve yeah. driver. Reserve, but he's in the Mercedes camp. Oh yeah, okay. So okay. that makes sense. I mean, he drives for the Formula E team. This so Formula E team. Yeah, this is, this is he has why a seat there. Mm-hmm. He has a seat, an active seat on, on Formula E. Uh, at one point, does you as a team owner that you have your son driving and he sucks? <laughs> at, at what point? <laughs> at what point? At what point does it make financial sense? To make you the boy, dude. You know, right now, no, no. Wait, listen, but at what point is is he gonna get? Obviously, yeah, his dad owns the team, but I'm pretty sure he has people with him that are helping him. You know, help that that helped him acquire that team or you know get get that business deal done. At what point they go into the board meeting and say, "Yo, you gotta get your son out of there, make him an assistant director or somebody or something." But we gotta put a driver there. He's not a driver. At what point do they do that? I don't know, man. I mean, it's uh, it's tough. It's very tough. It's a it's a tough situation, especially. If, but we know Latifi's out. It's on the way out. Yeah, Latifi's out, but Lot Stroll's there. He's gonna be there. I, th- I was I was looking at something I think about even on TikTok where they were like hoping for Latifi to get at least one overtake so they could start like consider him to be driver of the day because he got nowhere. <laughs> Because he got an overtake in Canada. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Did he? Yeah. Whatever. He didn't even get that. I don't think, no, no. He did qualify. Well, he didn't finish last, put it that way. No, he did what? He finished like 16, 16 17? Behind. <laughs> one place ahead of Magnuson. And they want the guys that went out. <laughs> Yeah, the you know, fresh pay drivers is is that's a tough thing because obviously you need money to race an F one. Sponsorships come by way of pay drivers. Mm-hmm. But when somebody doesn't belong on F one, somebody doesn't belong on F one. It's supposed to be the top twenty drivers in the world, and we know we don't have the top twenty drivers in the world right now. On the grid, no, not on the grid. And then when you have young talent, just such as Oscar Piastri, who deserves to be on the grid, because again, he's won in every category. Bro, how about Hulkenberg? Uh, <laughs> he's Hulkenberg got his chance, bro. No, no, I, I know, but he still he still got it though. You would take him above Latifi, of any day. Yeah, you would definitely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But above Stroll. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> Even wearing his own sneakers. <laughs> yeah, but look at, I mean, you have all the drivers in other categories. You look at like a Pato Award or a Cohen Herta. Who no, so yeah. I, 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 like, I, I, that's the type of thing is like, you have drivers that drive in other categories. Linked of Reason, Formula E. There's a whole bunch of talent out there that deserve at least a shot at an F1 drive. And they, they, should, they should make them all race each other. Uh, all right, so last bit of news. Not even news. It's a light, uh, you know, a light story. Uh, but it go- kind of goes to show how much these drivers are brands onto themselves. Uh, so apparently, Lewis Hamilton got himself a Sega Genesis. Yeah. And he was playing uh, Super Monaco GP2 mm-hmm. for a little bit. And uh, they filmed it, took pictures, did a whole story. He actually went to like a retro game shop in Montreal. Oh, yeah? And bought it there. I was gonna say something. Who the hell got this game for him? Yeah, I don't. Maybe, I mean, maybe the shop is famous for that. I mean, yeah, retro games are cool. It reminds us of our childhood. I, I never, have some. I never. I mean, I had a Sega Genesis. I never had. A, I never played. A, what is it? The Super Monaco GP. GP. Yeah. Yeah. For those that don't know, Yancy and I go back to grade school, and his brother took my Shinobi. <laughs> never gave it back. What is Shinobi? You're never going to let him live that down, huh? No. Oh. It's gone. Gone but not forgotten. I'm going to call him make sure he listens to this podcast. Please. Nah. Anyway. Um, I know much about gaming, so. No, it's just kind of interesting how literally it's something that anybody would do. And it's uh, on the front page of F1.com. Yeah. It's even on ESPN. So it's like, okay. I wonder if like, I wonder how much those systems go for. No, they they've been re-releasing like all the old ones and like that you could get like all the. I mean, uh, you're right. I guess yeah. because well, I'm he, talking about like an original original system that you can plug seems in. Like he got the original one. Yeah, that one's like probably a couple of bucks. But if you buy like the latest version they threw out, it's been 
all like included into the system already. It's the system they're making like like a mini system of yeah, it. Yeah, but those are you even get... hard to get too. No, not really. No? no, they cost like seventy five bucks. Well, I'm about to buy one with a bunch of games integrated and stuff like that. But, you yeah. know, so the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, so that. Got an NES and play. And if you would go down the you know the Wait, rabbit what? hole of Duck Hunt, Duck Hunt, Duck Hunt, but you need a gun. So what was a Rad Racer? That oh man, that was good. Dude, there was so many. Contra, bro. I was. Contract. Yeah, I was going crazy playing on my Sunday day. F Zero. F Zero. Oh <laughs> man. Wow. F One. We're going to F Zero. F Zero. Jeez. That was for Super Nintendo. Super yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Captain Falcon, baby. <laughs> Hold on. You have a Super Nintendo? Yeah. We're I have it. Over. Well, I have it in the in the beta shoe. We're coming over. Oh. Oh yeah. For sure. All right. All right. Forget so. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, we got a, a bit to talk about. So let's move on. Weekend recap. It's not. What am I missing? Gentlemen, a short My view bad. back. Gentlemen, <laughs> a short view back to the past. I think he's doing it on purpose. It, it's got to be at this point. It's got to be. It's like, come on, bro. Uh, anyway, news ahead of the Grand Prix. Charlotte Claire had to replace almost the entire, well, actually the entire engine. Yeah. At first, it was the power unit. It was the MGUK. Right. And then after that, it was just almost like, Screw it. it was like MGUK was messed up. The turbo was messed up. So it's like, uh, just replace the whole thing. And at least, I think the 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 thought process behind that was that at least in this Grand Prix, he can start at the back and over and be able to overtake, which kind of did. Yeah, you know, with strategy and some overtaking. Actually, yeah, his second stint, he was just like overtaking everybody. Put him on the softer tie. Yeah, yeah. So that was the thought behind it. Get up to like maybe. P4, P5. I think he finished P6. Right. And this is a result so. of the engine blowout at uh, Azerbaijan. So mm-hmm. just kind of ruined, unfortunately, an engine that they have to use for a certain number of races and now ended up taking that penalty. So, for example, when you do that and you take all the components, so now the components come into now into the cycle. Into the pool. Gotcha. So you pay a penalty for using them, whatever, but you could now, now they are available to use. Mm hmm. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, it shows at this that point, I don't think they had a choice, but might as well take it out of track where you can't overtake. It shows um, also that um, the Ferrari is not 100% there, Jens. Sorry, to say that too. Yeah, now there's the Red Bull. No, it's it's really the engine problem. So we saw, what was it, Azerbaijan or the race before? Yeah, it was Azerbaijan that a number of Ferrari engines failed. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that was like almost a lot of the, I, mean, I think any any team. That Ferrari supplied engines. They had a failure. They had a failure. Yes. So Some Haas had, had a failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Alfa Romeo had a failure. Mm-hmm. So with the Guan Yu Zhou. Obviously, the, the, the Ferrari had Ferrari, a double DNF. Yeah, double DNF. So That's already four right there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Yuki Sonoda also taking a grid penalty. He took a completely new engine as well. Internal combustion engine, turbocharger, MGUK, MGUH, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, whatever, it's... Alpha Tori, Yuki Sonoda, right? We don't. They're not really going to make waves. Practice and qualifying. Poor Yuki. Yeah, so... Do you foresee this becoming an issue, like, on the entire grid? For them, like, going down, like, you know, obviously it, getting in deeper into So, the it's been um, in the dark what's causing these engine issues, because we also saw engine issues with Red, Red Bull. Bull. Right. I bet you that they just haven't figured out the aerodynamics, they haven't figured out the cooling... Mm-hmm. And that it's killing the engines. It's like choking them up. Right. So I, we were just seeing it up and down the grid because we also saw it with Mercedes as well. In race one, we saw a bunch of Mercedes teams suffer engine failures. Right. So Even it's, they've been good like after, after that. that yeah. Right. But they were able to probably pinpoint and say, okay, this is what it is. But I would bet you that it is the cooling. Cool yeah, that makes sense. And it'll only get worse. if it, Obviously, the summer's going to go on. It's only going to get hotter. Uh, and again, it's another challenge that these teams have to go, you know, have to go through, and it's part of racing, and it is what it is. It's another challenge, and the the regulations also come heavily into play when with the limits that they have. And you know, like I was saying earlier, the budget cap, not the engine limitation, you know, all that stuff. So you could, it's to find the balance. That's what's gonna make you win the championship. You have to find the balance. Yeah, reliability counts, man. Exactly. It's not only being the fastest. So uh, we saw the video on um, Instagram and uh, going around in social media. Friday morning, the torrential downpour. Uh, oh. 
it, it felt like it was like Noah's Ark, right? That was yeah. that, That's what that truck was going down the, the pit lane? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just waiting for the elephant to fall <laughs> off the back. Um, so Friday actually was okay at, and when it got to, um, I guess the storm was Thursday. Friday was okay when it got mm-hmm. to Practice, practices. Yeah. But then Saturday, obviously, we had a, a full wet day. We had wet practice and then we had wet uh, qualifying. Which resulted in, obviously, Max was on on top, but Fernando Alonso coming in. The dude had a monster on the session. front row. Yeah, monster session. Yeah. I mean, both out. We expected to be Alpines really because well, I think we said it was like our dark horse, or one. It was either one of you guys. Yeah. Um, but they were both on it, but Fernando was on another level. It was crazy. Imagine if he had a faster car. Yeah, I mean. He he that that lab was crazy then, and he he was he's he's always been good in the rain, and obviously the Alpine being in this track helped him a ton. And I'm actually glad that he was up there. He, for a minute, I was you know for the first lap, we were happy. <laughs> Dude, it's Fernando Alonso, man. Put some respect on that man's name. Two-time world champion takes cars that do not belong up there and just either puts them put it on pole. Ruins is he, races. Is he the other, the other driver in the grid too? Yes, yeah. man. He, and he's, he's still had, and he's driving just as well as any of these. He drivers. had the most start. He, I think, he recently passed Kimi as the most starts in an F one. He's the most. Yeah, he's now the most experienced driver in the history of F one. What? Put him in a put him in a race winning car. So it was it was a weird qualifying session. We had. Max topping it out, Fernando Alonso in the, locking out the front row there, Carlos Sainz third, Hamilton fourth, K-Mag fifth, Mick Schumacher sixth, then Ocon, Russell, Daniel Ricciardo, Joe Guan Yu. I, I, I keep wanting to say Joe Guan Yu, like, yo, what's up, Joe? Yo, Joe. And then uh, Valtteri Bottas, Alex Albon, Sergio Perez all the way down in 13th had a miserable, miserable weekend. Were so, you, Were you guys surprised that Max was on pole? No. no, no. In the rain, he matches a killer. Well, I mean, we saw what he did in Brazil in 2016. Yes. So, I mean. Just in general. And and what was it last year? What rain was it raining like? What tra- was Germany, I want to say? No, they didn't. Really go to Germany. Germany last year. It was Russia, where he was way down. And he, like, I don't know how he made it to second place, but I don't know. In the rain, he's just a different He's beast. a different animal. And. I think that the, the Red Bulls were just light years ahead of anybody. Too bad for Paris. This this weekend, yeah. Yeah, this weekend. I mean, uh, too bad for Paris because he had the, sorry, the mechanical issue. But they were running pretty well. But Max was Max dominated the entire weekend. There's no doubt about that. Even on a weird, on a weird qualifying, you can see because they were yeah, they had it was... under control. It seems like they were struggling at the you know in the first two sessions, but in the, in the last session, I mean, not even that like. I think at the beginning of every session, it seems like they were struggling, and then Max would come up with a lap and just, like, kill everybody. So, um, yeah, he had it on the control, just like he had the control in the race. Anything else to talk about with the qualifying of the race? Once again, Fernando Alonso. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, even 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 Carlos Sainz. I didn't think, well, yeah, Sainz was good, but the thing is that Alonso, what a lap. I think I think no, Sainz no, would have. I think Sainz would have overtaken that lap if he wouldn't didn't have like that you know a little that half a second that he lost whatever. Oh, at the end on the Wall of Champions, mm-hmm. yeah, he did. Yeah, that yeah, would have been crazy. To get <laughs> pole position, oh my god. <sighs> Moving on. Okay, so the race itself. I'm going to start from the end. Max Verstappen wins the race, furthering his lead in the World's Drivers Championship. Then Carlos Sainz brings it home. The smoothest of operators threatening the whole, after the last safety car, threatening to try and win the race. Did not get it done. What did you guys think of that ending sequence? I said from the moment that it happened, I was like, okay, he's just not going to make it. He doesn't have, he's like the Valtteri Bottas. He just doesn't have. That killer instinct. We've seen him in this situation before. What was it, Monza last year? Yeah, against Gasly. Yeah. He just doesn't have the killer instinct, in my ago. opinion. 2020. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. He. Go ahead. 
I think that the I I put Carlos Sainz, and it's not because I'm a super Leclerc fan. I put Carlos Sainz in the same category as a Valtteri Bottas. He's a guy that can deliver, score points. If he needs to get a race win, he can. But as far as, like, if he's following behind you, you don't fear that he's going to overtake you. Um, and he uh, he did a valiant job, but he just wasn't fast enough. I didn't think at any point, even though what might have gotten him over was that he was on fresher tires, but it wasn't a different compound tire. It was two hard tires. So the Delta is not that big as far as speed. Um, maybe if he was on the medium or even a soft, but it would it would have been too early to put on a soft. That was oh, too late. Wait, yeah, too early to put on a soft at that safety car um, period. Um, but yeah, I I was hoping that he would overtake him, and he was, and he made it interesting because he was half a second behind them almost every lap but i didn't at some point i was like yeah he's not gonna do it and i never i never thought that he would anyways it didn't seem like it i think i think ferrari didn't help him either because when he came in and they say you know they they say they were they were about to clear whatever they were they had enough time to come in doing a safety car and be stay in the front Mm -hmm. and he had a freaking horrible stop what yeah. i think it was like over three seconds the stop that he took yeah ferrari the pit the pits in ferrari no, it was this horrible yeah leclerc had a bad pit stop yeah, too the pits in ferrari this weekend was leclerc crazy. had like a six second stop and ferrari's <laughs> yeah so congratulations yeah you played yourself yeah sorry Jens. No, but it's the truth. Yeah, he's used to it at this point. <laughs> he's used to it. That's uh, so why I laugh not to cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask this question, Ruben, to you. We have Carlos Sainz trying to threaten Max Verstappen um, on an overtake. On what? In what world, on what planet, on like what are the conditions that that could even potentially happen? So we have... Max Verstappen, who you said it during the race, you have to, if you have to try and force him to make a mistake, he's just not going to make it, right? By pressuring him. Where and how does does Carlos Sainz ever even get a chance to make a move on him? When we saw Lewis Hamilton struggle, we've seen his old teammates struggle. Is it possible? What what kind of fresh tires? Like what kind of difference is he going to need? No, so that pretty much where that's where Yancey even answered that about regarding the tires. You know, uh, Science came out in the same hard tires, even though they were fresher. But this that the the difference in in that you gain between the two they're the same. So Max being such a solid driver, bro, Max base is very seldom when you see him making a mistake. He might make you might you might see him making a mistake maybe in a quality lap because he's just sending it. But in the actual race with a guy behind him. You see him making a mistake? No. They you might see him maybe being too aggressive when it comes to being side by side racing kind of stuff. But him making a mistake when I'm in front of you, I doubt it. So that was almost a, you know once like I said, once Ferrari did not get the pit that was that was where the point was. That was where the the slight advantage would have been there because they would have been pretty much almost wheel to wheel if they, if Ferrari would have had a solid pit stop. Bomb. Yeah. I remember, I'm sorry, remember. Yeah. Also, the ending of the safety car here doesn't help anybody. Because you it's the world of champions, and from there we all taking off. Yeah. The, you know, it's a safety car, so we're all coming slow. And then you're going into a chicane. Exactly. Basically. Yeah, we've also seen in Canada that um it, we saw this a bit was it two years ago or last year with well no, it was the year, the last time we went was in 2019. 2019, yeah. Where um, Hamilton was chasing down Vettel. We've seen that two cars with similar pace, it's hard to overtake in Canada. Uh, you have to be a lot faster. So what you can do, you can follow closely, but what you're trying to do at that point was is bait the driver in front of you, give him so much pressure that kind of makes a mistake. Um, we saw that happen with Hamilton and Vettel, where Vettel actually did make a mistake and obviously didn't, um, overtake Vettel, 
in 20 was it 2019 mm-hmm. yeah he didn't overtake Vettel almost did because Vettel you know veered off to the side but he ultimately got a penalty and lost the race because of that um and that was the moment where where Vettel switched, switched, the, numbers. switched the numbers at the end of the race um I think that's what you would hope for in this instant where Carlos would put and he did a good job of putting pressure on Max but Max just didn't make a mistake and I think that if he would have made a mistake, that would have been the opportunity for Carlos Sainz to pounce on him. But Max is a cool, common, collected driver, man. That's what makes him a world champion. And uh, he didn't make the mistake. Under pressure, he came through and he won the race. It's, it's to, to, for Sainz to overtake Max, in that situation they were in, it was almost impossible to do. Yeah, no, because they were, I mean, even though... Because the other scenario could be, it's like, you know, it's a normal racing and we're facing traffic. Yeah. That that could help also hurt you, but Cause we were not in that because of, you know, safety. Carlos Sainz was the fastest man at the track, on the track at that point, but not fast enough where he can get an advantage and overtake um, right, right. Sainz down the street. He finished so. with the fastest lap. So, mm-hmm. Max picks up 25 points. His next closest competitor, his own teammate, had a DNF. So now the championship lead for Max is 46 points. Two Perez. Two Perez. And it's 49 points to Charlotte Claire. It ain't over till it's over, right? As we saw, Charlotte Claire had a bigger lead than this during the season. Yeah. And that was just three races ago. Was it three or four races ago? Pretty so, much, yeah. Yeah. So do we see, do we see, it's hard to really be like, oh yeah, DNF is going to happen here or here. Do we see, do we see the championship stand, standing snap back or is this race kind of over? Who knows? But there's also two guys behind there that could not be mentioned that much that are constantly scoring points. They're not finishing, obviously, you know, they're finishing small podiums, whatever, but they're not winning the races yet. And it's the Mercedes guys. Consistency is key sometimes, too. Remember what we saw last year. Last year, going into Silverstone, we saw that Red Bull had a commanding 30-point lead. I mean, uh, Vax Verstappen over Lewis Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Okay? They came into contact with each other. Max went into the wall. Lewis got a penalty, but he still won the race. And that turned the season around. And it was seesaw back and forth between those two drivers and those two teams last year. Much the same way we saw Leclerc with a 49-point lead, I believe it was, after the third race. I don't know what race it was. But now, Max has a a 48-point lead going into Silverstone. We don't. No. And I'd rather have it this way because it's not so predictable. Yeah. Okay. That means that you're saying it's still up for grabs. And on top of that, now we have a third team. Red Bull and Ferrari have allowed Mercedes to hang around. Hang around? They earned the spot. <laughs> well, they, they've been bouncing to that's, that. <laughs> that's the whole They've thing. been bouncing up to that spot. They're taking <laughs> points off of each other, yes. and Mercedes is consistent. And they're pretty close. We have 13 races left. A lot can happen. Um, yes. I Look, I agree. I agree that Mercedes is still there, still getting points. But I'm going to point out that with the third and fourth place, Mercedes scored 27 points. With second and fifth, and the fastest lap for Carlos Sainz, Ferrari scored 29. So they actually... Gain two points on, on Mercedes. It's not. It's not going to take. Even with a problem, meaning a grid penalty that dropped Leclerc all the way back, you still see Ferrari being able to recover and outscore Mercedes when they or they, they earned a podium that theoretically they really shouldn't have because Sergio Perez was out and Leclerc had that, that grid penalty. It, it's tough for me to say. Yeah, they're back in it. But, you know, it's nice to see that they're still scoring points. It's almost like a, a participation trophy 
uh, for a team that has won so many championships in a row. Damn, that's rough. Right, well, they've got podiums the last two races. Okay, yeah, and and they showed up and they raced. And who who's gonna beat them? Alpha, Romeo, no Haas. Haas is gonna beat them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Valtteri Bottas will beat them. So <laughs> he's eight. We talked about the the obviously one, two, three, and four. So Lewis Hamilton was on the podium. George Russell again, Mister Consistent. Scored top five in all the races this season. He's fourth place. To try to be a hero this weekend. That's what I'm saying. But was it was I he trying to be a hero? I, I forgot about that. He was trying to be a hero during qualifying. In, in qualifying, he went on drives. He went on the softs. I think that because you're getting a participation trophy, I think that you have to take those types of risks. Right? That's the type of risk that it he was like doing. seemed like it was his call, too. Yeah, and, and that's what we were doing at Williams. And this is what we said last week. He was making those types of decisions. No guts, no glory at Williams to try and move up the yes. ladder. Mm-hmm. If he would have gotten past the center turns with no issues, just probably just glide through it. The center it, turns being turns one, two, and one, three? Two and yes. Three? From there on, the track could handle sauce. No. It, there were still wet spots in places. I don't think so. There's no. a lot of chicanes there. No. Homie. And uh, uh, you know what? The wettest part on the track during qualifying, and we apologize for going back to qualifying, was the hairpin. He yeah? Went, Hell yeah. There was a little ton of water there. Pulled up. The only thing is that was off the racing line. The reason why I was, I'm not wondering, yeah, because there's no trees around us. So it was, you know, for example, the center turns is. Dude, are you kidding me? Trees will stop the rain. No, but it was also keep the rain in place because it's in the shade. There's no, you know, because I remember. Uh, I'm not. Okay. I'm not gonna go. Down. We're talking about trees and rain. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> like, we're not gonna go down. So we, we just went down. <laughs> the twilight. Let's the, talk the about twilight. the race. <laughs> All right. So, look. Aside from the participation trophy, is there a genuine improvement? Do we really see Mercedes starting to overcome, starting to threaten, uh, realistically for second place? Do they, do we see them jumping Ferrari? No, no. I mean, uh, Ferrari would have to have like historically really bad reliability. We, so, we... Really? <laughs> but the thing is that the like as far as timing wise, when you see the cars, they're light years like Red Bull and Ferrari are light years ahead of Mercedes. So it's not like they're close. Like, it would have to be a reliability, like a crazy reliability issue where Ferrari scores, like, no points and I don't know how many races for Mercedes to get back into it. I will say, going back to Yancey's point earlier, after Silverstone, we should know. Uh, I don't know. If I they have another the, week. That's the next race. Ferrari? No, I know, but I say that because if they have, if they don't have a full, if Ferrari doesn't have a full packed weekend at Silverstone, that means they're not over, you know, they, they don't have the issues in, in place yet. So they're going to be, a, they're, you know, they're going to be in trouble. Ferrari has a 40-point lead over Mercedes, bro. Okay. That's a double DNF. Okay. It's coming. Oh, no, no, it's not a double DNF. Because then they got to score the top points. Yeah. But uh, do we start to see towards the end of the season some kind of convergence of the cars? Like they all start to perform a little bit better, a little bit closer to each other? I see that. And then does the overall package of the Mercedes team eke out? more points than the overall package of the Ferrari. No. Because I just feel like t- like if you look at the times, they're, they're not even close. It's Again, it's it's one of those situations where you have two teams fighting at the top mm-hmm. and the third place team is there ahead of the rest of the midfield, but they're kind of alone. They're, they're just like in no man's land. And that's what I feel. That's what I see now. Mercedes is the no man's land team. Yeah, and and again, Mercedes is what Ferrari was last year. Again, we're talking about mm-hmm. a situation in which Paris was out, and Charles Leclerc had a grid penalty, pushing them up the grid. I mean, just pushing look the at, train. Look at look at <laughs> just look at the standings right pushing now. Pushing the DRS train. You have Red Bull at three hundred four, Ferrari at two twenty eight, Mercedes at one eighty eight, and the next closest team is Mercedes. I mean, McLaren at sixty five. And they've been terrible. Like, come on, bro. Like the only way we're not even gonna it doesn't even seem like we're gonna get like uh like what we got last year was Ferrari and McLaren 
where they were fighting each other at the end. Mm -hmm. Like the only way we'll see a fight for third would be if Mercedes eventually starts fighting uh, the Ferraris and the pace is still way off. Still way off. I don't see that. I don't know. I think would it be interesting? I yeah. think I think Ferrari better wake up them. They better wake up because I know Red Bull for Silverstone they're bringing some updates as well. Yeah, they are. How many? How much money do they have in their budget? <laughs> they Jeez. definitely are. So, uh, guys, I, I forgot to that's ask the rumor this. as well. I should have asked this before we even started. What do you guys think of the race itself? I think that's a question that should be asked at, at the, the beginning of the. Like yeah. I said, I forgot to ask. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just like let you me, forgot let, to you drop. You know, let me go back in time in my DeLorean. Congratulations. You played yourself. Yes, exactly. So, what did you guys think about the race itself? I think the race sucked. It was a snooze fest. The, the, I think the only thing that made it interesting was a safety car at the end, and then we had well, some kind of tension on, like, could. Science catch up to to Max. So that's pretty Other much. Other than that, it was like a deal. in every in every virtual safety safety car. That's what we wanted to see to get that what we got at the end. You virtual know? safety car. Because we got car. two virtual safety cars. Yeah. Right. And one turned into a safety car. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm sorry. It was yeah two virtual and then it went, so that when we got the the second virtual safety car, they eventually I mean then eventually became a safety car. Mm -hmm. That's what oh, we I'm wanted. Sorry, you're right. It was three. Uh, it was two virtual safety cars and one safety car. Because the safety car was for Yuki. Yeah. Right? Yeah, where he yeah. came he, was, of, he, he crashed coming out of the pits. Yes. Which we all tend to do. <laughs> Not me, but yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> the way the race pretty much just woke up, because prior to that, to me, the race was a snooze fest. Once we got a safety car, okay, something's about to happen. Yeah. And could have happened, but not too much. Yeah, I mean, the, the catalyst would have been that the catalyst was that obviously the safety car, but then you had science on fresher tires, same compound tires, but fresher tires. So we could see that something maybe at the end could happen. And we saw that Ferrari was putting pressure on, on max or science was putting pressure on max, but it just didn't pan out. Well, they weren't quick enough, but that, that is what made this race somewhat interesting. Other than that, it wasn't, the only thing that was interesting to me was just the car. The team still don't have an, a handle on the tire degradation. They still don't know. I feel like they just still don't know where to be. And we saw it was evident this uh, this race as we had. Yeah, it happened to Vettel. Yeah. Vettel pitted in lap five. Gasly pitted in lap five. Vettel went from used tires to used tires to used tires. And it was, I, I don't know. He just couldn't make it work. This weekend sucked for Vettel. Yeah. Sorry to. Um. He's been having a couple last uh, couple of weekends that were freaking. I'm, I'm just noticing. Summer of Seb is canceled. This is this is kind of like uh, kind of out there. I'm just noticing a lot of like mistakes on pit stops this season. Mm -hmm. and I don't know what it's doing. Like, the heavier, had, heavier tires. Yeah, maybe we we saw like a, a McLaren mess up a, a <laughs> nine, nine second pit stop, a, nine second a double stack. Like but it was a double stack and mm -hmm. it just completely after up. Uh, Ferrari had horrible stops. I don't know who else did, but it was just like I've just seen a lot of it. Like it's consistently like every race, there's somebody who's messing up on the pit stops, and it seems to be happening more often. Where usually we get like clean pit stops. So, any anything to mention on the recovery drive from Charles Leclerc? We didn't really see much of it, right? We didn't really get to see a lot of overtakes or anything like that. Well, uh, we saw his first thing not much he didn't have much pace i think he went on was it medium tires at the end and then he had like he like yeah he did a one stopper he did hard tires into medium yeah he went on the on lap 41 we saw him pull off an overtake on the hairpin which was pretty cool he you know he pulled off a few overtakes to get up there ultimately the mercedes was just too far ahead mm -hmm. once he once he got ahead of uh, alonzo and ocon but I think he overtook in that gotcha, sequence. He yeah, overtook yeah. Botas, Alonso, Ocon. Um, but he just couldn't. Obviously, he wasn't going to be able to catch up at that point to Russell. So that was how we, I was, yeah. in my head. I'm trying to play. Where was he during the safety car? So he was already he was behind. Ocon yeah, he was still. he was behind he was track position because he only pitted the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah. For, listen, he finished fifth. Fifth, considering he started dead last. Yeah. Um, I think they were targeting fourth, but listen, uh, one place Things behind. Happen. Yeah, it seems that, that it's a decent result. 
considering where he started. So, I mean, I was kind of expecting that. Anyone driver of the day. For him to make it up the field, I was kind of expecting to be. Well, yeah, he's one of the he's, he's in one of the quickest cars. He didn't pull a Botas. Oof, when when he was with Mercedes. So he did a ham. Yeah, exactly. Well, different caliber drivers. Put it that way. So can is it is it official now? Can we name it the curse of Mick Schumacher? The curse of Mick Schumacher. <laughs> Anytime he's in a position to score points, just like George Russell over the last couple of years with the Williams car, something happens. Yeah, I I, I mentioned that to you yeah. uh, at the at was a broken broken, broken brewery. Yeah. We were watching the race. Um, yeah, it seems like everybody wants Mick Schumacher to score points, just like everybody wanted George Russell to score points, and every time he comes close. Uh, because they qualified what fifth and sixth, mm-hmm. him and Magnuson. Every time they come close, something happens. Either he messes it up. I think in Miami it was that he hit Vettel, got a little bit too aggressive. Yeah. I guess he got too excited. Um, obviously, he crashed out in Monaco. That was another big not- notable one. And then this race, he just he was on it. He was driving really well, considering you know he had a really bad race last week. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> He seemed like he was more at balance with the car, uh, not taking too many risks, driving in the points, and engine failure. So, at this point with Mick, we can say the reason, for the most part, looking at the overall season so far, the reason why he hasn't scored points is mostly his fault, but he's also had bad luck. Uh, But, on the bright side, he seems to be driving better. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Again, thirteen races. We got thirteen races left. So yeah, they told him to to back off a little bit. That's why Azerbaijan was so hard. Was supposed for him. And now he yeah, he was t- driving super conservative to the point where he was just like I think he was like a, a and second also, or almost two seconds off. And let's also blame off, it on the engine. Magnuson. Remember, uh, Magnuson also Magnuson went off because of his engine too. Yeah. So let's blame it on the engine. So maybe he didn't go you know full blown out in Azerbaijan because of the engine. Because remember, it's a Ferrari engine. And now when he came here, trying to pick it, you know, pick up the pace a little bit, and mm-hmm. now the engine really goes. I got another Twilight Zone thing for you. Um, Haas, and this is not only this season. Obviously, last season they were just last. But anytime Haas, when they have when they have a competitive car where they can fight in the midfield, seem to qualify well and be favorites to score points, and they just don't bring it home. And that was when when Grosjean and Magnussen mm-hmm. was driving for them, and even now. And then uh, what the hell's going on? They have a. I think they remind just... me of what uh, AlphaTauri was last year—a quick car, but they can just never bring home points. It's a team inexperience. Yeah, I mean, but can you call? I mean, really? I mean, they've been on the grid for so long. Yeah, the package. Is it? Is it the the curse of Haas? I don't know. Could be. Maybe. Gene Halls. Gene Halls. So, all right. So, last thing that I kind of wanted to mention on here was Alpine was set up for a dream situation with Fernando Alonso on the front row and Esteban Ocon having qualified seventh. They finished a combined Esteban Ocon sixth, so he was plus one, and Fernando Alonso ninth. Yes. Got a penalty at the end. For weaving on the streets. Is this team ever going to meet its potential? <sighs> it's been trying to meet its potential since 2018. 19? It's the curse of El Plan. Yeah. Is this the plan to go backwards? <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, over the years, we've had, uh, I want to say high expectations, but we had better expectations of Renault slash Alpine to Fight at the top. Um, the highest they've gotten is maybe like what? Best of the rest or something. But they've... And you can't blame it on the drivers anymore. The drivers drive decent. Like They've had decent drivers. You had Ocon, you had Ricardo, you had uh, Hulkenberg. 
Uh, this season, you have two drivers that are driving exceptional in Ocon and, and Alonso. It's the team. It's not the drivers. It's the team. It's either reliability uh, in this in this race in particular. Um, as good as Alonso was driving, he had a problem with his engine to the point where you where he was told to. Well, Ocon was told to back up so Alonso can stay within stay, his DRS. Stay within his DRS. Um, in the last lap. Alonzo got a penalty, which dropped him back two places where he was weaving on the straight so he doesn't get overtaken on the last lap just to keep that place um, because he had an engine issue. They don't have customer teams, so why are you having issues with the engine? Uh, they get the aerodynamics wrong all the time. They just don't have enough downforce. Alonzo was saying that too. We just don't have enough downforce. It's the team. And... Uh, maybe, I mean, obviously, this is Otmar Safnar's first year. He's still getting to know the team. He even said it at the beginning of the year. His strategy is, let me take a step back. Let them do their thing. Let me see how it works. Then if I have to make any changes, we'll make the changes. But usually when a new team principal comes in, you're not going to see the changes right away. Much like Andreas Seidel, when he took over McLaren, we saw those changes second year, third year down the line. But at this point, it's the team. It's not the drivers. They need to get it together. They so, have the money. So that was my They own. have a major manufacturer behind them. They just need to get it together. So that's my my um I just said my, my point would be that is will it be more beneficial than to do what McLaren did? Go back to the drawing board and start like you would say maybe fresh. Because that's what I thought what El Plan was, was supposed to do. I thought when, okay, because we came out with a new car, we're going to start fresh and we're going to be good. We're going to, our car, you know, our, our number shows that our car is phenomenal. But still not there. It's the team. I agree. Big budget team, too. Yeah, this is not like, I mean, Renault's one of the, one of the biggest car manufacturers in the world. I think it's like the biggest engine manufacturer in the world, too. So, I mean, come on. Like, get it together. At some point, you got to get it together. You know, you have an energy drinks company making their own engines That's my style, at yeah. this point. They used to be their customer team overtaking them, fighting at the front. Okay? The top two teams are engine man, are, are car manufacturers, Ferrari and, and Mercedes. Like, dude, you got to be fighting at the top. Like, there's no, you know, it's not like Aston Martin who just came in. No, man. Like, you got to be fighting at the top. Alfa Romero is just literally just a sponsorship. It's a sober team. That's not a real, a, a, a quote-unquote real manufacturer. But Renault is. Alpine is. You got to be fighting at the top. And honestly, you're blowing a chance because you have re two really good drivers that are driving at the top of their game. Experience, one experienced driver, two-time world champion. And Ocon, who's keeping up with him, dude, give him a car that works, man, and that'll get you that'll get you some podiums. You should be at least fighting for podiums, at the very least, fighting for podiums, and they never even come close to it. They'll get a, they'll sniff a podium or a win when something ahead happens. It has to be some drastic stuff in the rain or you know double DNFs. Like nah, man. Alonso holding gotta, anybody back? You gotta be fighting at the top, man. All right, boys, anything else to mention during this race or from this race? Yeah, oh, Groundhog almost got killed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, like when I mentioned to you guys watching the race, why is it that it's becoming so difficult to overtake Ocon? He's a good defender. Or some of the actions tend to be around him. Well, I mean, that means he's driving well. He's not, listen, Ocon's no slouch. No, no we no. saw this back when he was in Force India as yep. a rookie. Yeah, he's no slouch. And there's a reason why Mercedes wanted to keep him, but they just couldn't. Yeah. So, um, seats. and I'll tell you what, that's that's kind of similar situation that Alpine has with Piastri right now. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. get him a seat or you're going to lose him. Yeah. yeah, but Ocon was a tested product in F1. Oh, no, he was, yeah, because, I mean, he came in and he was fighting. Perez fighting Perez, which is we see how good Perez is. He's been for a while, so 
Anything else, boys? All right, so guys, make sure to follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. Drop a comment, review, a couple stars uh, on a, on your favorite podcast platform. Um, this is Jump to Start Racing. Signing off. I don't even know what to say Sign here. Signing off. Um, <laughs> we will see you guys next week with a preview of the great, the British Grand Prix at uh, Silverstone. The Silverstone or Silverstone? Silverstone. Oh, okay. All right, guys. Peace. Peace. <laughs>